The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillo strippers, also known as stripperdillos, <laughs> they never strip all the way down because their little arms can't reach the G-strings. <laughs> <laughs> For more armadillo facts and to find out how you can get episodes a day early and buy our amazing merchandise, check us out at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 47 through 51 of Towers of Midnight, book 13 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, in a shocking and totally unforeseen plot twist, Perrin saves the White Cloaks instead of attacking them. That shit was so heavily telegraphed, it could have been written by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> but, but now, Perrin and Galad are bros, and this is suddenly Perrin's healthiest relationship. Yikes. Uh, Gawain and Egwene adjust to their new bonded state, and I guess things heat up pretty fast now that they can mind meld, because they decide they're going to need to get married stat so they can bang out their troubles. Speaking of getting married just so you can bone, Morghese and Talonvor <laughs> get hitched as Morghese decides to return to Camelon to try to stop Elaine from... Taking up chainsaw juggling or whatever she's at next. <laughs> Finally, we get a rare glimpse at the Black Tower where tensions are high between the Logan good guys and Majram Tame's nasty boys. Ran really needs to step it in and sort that shit out immediately. Like, that's that's a problem. Yeah, that's, that's a that. lot of people who can channel who are no up, up to no good. You know, it, it occurred to me. You know, I was wondering who the male channelers were that are in all these battles and all these attacks and stuff. And it's got to be Masram Tame's guys, right? Who else could it be? That's a great point. I, I mean, like... Um, unless the Forsaken have been training up channelers in the Blight. I, I did wonder about that. I mean, um, there's a there's a thing, right? It's the... Is it the Aiel who send their male channelers into the Blight? Oh, yeah. And they just go, go oh. in there and... So maybe? Like, maybe they get turned somehow? I don't know. That's... that's mm, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they've just got, like, a supply of... Male channel. No, it seems pretty likely it's the Black Tower people, right? Yeah, it's gotta be, right? Yeah. Like the, the super evil Black Tower people who do evil things and laugh evilly constantly. <laughs> I, I'm i trying to remember. It seems like the ones that we've seen so far aren't particularly strong, though, right? Yeah, but they were working together. They would always be like, there's sick guys out there, and they knocked down a wall. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they've been hanging out with the literally hundreds of thousands of Trollocs that are appearing out of fucking nowhere. Uh, probably. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chapter 47, A Teaching Chamber, Icon of the Adam. It's, there's a, so, so Perrin's about to make his way, like a day trip over to Camelon to meet with the queen, and he invites Galad along, and this is like, it's like a throwaway line, but it kind of cracks me up, because <laughs> Galad is like, I provided a full report of my actions and participated in 1.5 hours of informal socializing. That should be sufficient to reinforce my familial ties. <laughs> and Perrin's like, that makes sense. <laughs> like, that's their whole exchange. He invites him to come along, and Glad's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, these guys are actually on the level with each other. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, Perrin travels back to Camelon. He proceeds into the palace as a, as a you know, leader of a, an army of, you know, rebels or whatever. There's another comment here on the way. It's, it's, it's just a quick thing, but they mentioned that Grady isn't able to teleport into the Black Tower. Yeah. Which, I mean, Dream Spike, right? Like that's, It's gotta be. Yeah. Another the, one? I, it, I, I can't figure out any other thing it could be, right? Yeah. Um, what did Perrin do with that old broken one? Uh, I mean, he melted it in lava, right? Like, it, But it was still burnt. It was not, not like, totally gone, right? It was mm, just all burnt. So maybe someone fixed it? 
Yeah, maybe, because it just struck me that he, like, sort of accidentally took it to that Aes Sedai versus Masana battle that was going on. He yeah. wasn't even connected to that. He just, like, randomly walked in with the Dream Spike and freaked everybody out. Yeah. Maybe he did the same thing again. Like, I'll just get rid of this somewhere. <laughs> it's probably fine now. He yeah. throws it the Black Tower. <laughs> right. That's a thing he would do. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Or Mesram Tame, totally a dark friend, and has figured out a way to keep them from being able to teleport in. Oh, it could be it, too. Yeah. I think he's demanded. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was, um, I was wondering about... So... I don't, I, I don't know if it's going to be important or not, but that one guy inside the Black Tower is making portals constantly, right? He uses it to, like, cut his cheese or whatever, right? Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I wonder, I wonder if he can penetrate it or if he's just making portals to nowhere or something. I wonder, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. So Perrin and Fayil meet with Elaine to discuss the whole, you know, Two Rivers, Medetherin, foreign flag on Andoran soil kind of army of... Of people who don't respect Elaine's authorities thing. Yeah, this there's as we get this from Fayil's perspective, and she's like paying like I would say razor focused attention to everything that's happening. And uh, I can't tell whether she's overestimating Elaine's plans here. Like she's like, <laughs> oh, he, she pauses here. That means she's you know th- she's pretending to think about it. It's like all this stuff. I was like, eh, I don't know so about I, this. I, yeah, I feel like there's levels in this conversation where where Fayil is like tier one politics. And Elaine is like tier two, and Perrin is like tier three, and all of them are talking past each other. <laughs> it's true. So Elaine opens up by calling him a traitor and a rebel, uh, which, you know, doesn't hurt his feelings. He doesn't care. He's like, yeah. oh, I guess I sort of am. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that like, makes sense. Yeah. But, the, but Fayil has a deal for Elaine that Perrin, she could make Perrin a high lord of the two rivers, which is a new thing. Uh, which means he owes her fealty, but doesn't pay her taxes. Yeah, I, I, this this conversation, like Fail and Perrin, make the very good point that Andor really hasn't thought about the two rivers in a very long time, right? Including when they were under attack by Trollocs, right? Yeah, that's, uh-huh. I would have said that in a much more upset tone of voice than Perrin did, right? Yeah, like where the hell were you? Mm-hmm. Right, we we were dying by the score. Yeah, and you know, but but for Perrin's part, he does his like. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that is his <laughs> method of negotiation, which is like, nope. <laughs> yeah, no. <nuh-uh. laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, it kind of works, right? Yeah. Uh, Morgais is in support of the plan, though, which I think helps. And and Elaine, eventually, she there's a lot of, like, Crusader Kings 2-style kind of negotiation of, like, fealty rights and, and what titles mean what. Yeah. And, like, you know, the... Fayil points out that she has a connection to the throne of Saldea. Yeah, and they're like, how far? She's like, second line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Which is bad, because then, you know, she inherits Saldea, then she would also, yeah, be like, oh, yeah, now she so, belongs to Saldea. Yeah, so, yeah. The, so the deal is, like, you you could be the, Perrin could be the steward of the two rivers for Ran. Ran is going to be the technical lord of the two rivers, but his but it's going to be a hereditary stewardship, except... Uh, somehow that doesn't have the Saldean problem. I forgot. It was really complicated. Oh no! One of the one of the kids is going to be the heir to Saldea. The other kid is going to be the heir to uh, the two rivers. Like right. they, have to, they have to have two kids. Well, they're certainly going to have a litter, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Honestly, where they land in the end is pretty close to exactly where they started. Kind of right. Yeah. The the one thing that it, I think is bad is that now if Perrin owes fealty to Elaine, that means if she gets in, say, a dumb civil war with Kyrian. That she can like call him up, and the two rivers guys have to go fight this dumb civil war. Mm-hmm. That is true, but you know, I mean, Perrin would probably do that anyway. You know how he is. <laughs> yeah. Did we know that Fael was number two in line? 
Maybe uh, she was yes. high up. But... It's, it's because she's a cousin, but Tenobia is not married. It doesn't have any kids. Yeah. And wasn't, I'm trying, I remember somebody being like, yeah, Tenobia's not going to live long. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. who it was. May have been Tom or something. Yeah. I remember that. That's true. Yeah. Because yeah. Tenobia is like ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like so extra that she's like <laughs> going to start a fight with, with somebody who can bail fire her. I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for later in this set of chapters, but yeah. Right. And it seems just sort of from the way these books go that Fael is definitely getting that throne, right? Um, at some point. Yeah, I mean, from a narrative standpoint. Seems pretty likely, right? Yeah. I just wonder why she's not pregnant yet. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, that's a good, good question. Point. Yeah. Maybe I mean, she surely the, the the hammer has been working the anvil, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, so there's a big old alliance and but Perrin's gonna end up as a high lord, which is a new thing in Andor, like below Elaine but above the other crappy lords, screw him. Yeah, and and I guess Two Rivers becomes not exactly a, not exactly part of Andor, but like a protectorate of Andor or something like that. I don't know. It's yeah, a province. I think. Well, it's going to have it. its own military, its own army, right? Right. And uh, but also, Gaelden is now part of that kingdom or something. So yeah, because Aleandre is is a, a field. What do you, I don't. What do you call it? A, a vassal. A vassal of of the Two Rivers. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Weird uh, arrangement. Yeah, it's, it's it's funky, but, you know, it works out. It doesn't matter. These people are all going to die. It's the last battle in, like, two days. That's a good point. That's a good point. But uh, then Elaine enlists Perrin to stop Rand's crazy plan that everybody thinks is crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think that's going to work. I think Perrin is on Rand's side. Yeah. Well, he's always, right? Yeah. And then uh, Fortuona attends a Domine show. Yeah, she's in the room, the chamber where she breaks women who can channel, which is apparently her, her relaxation spot. Yikes. Oh, man. This is where she goes to, like, even herself out in this room where people are tortured. Every once in a while, I'm thinking, like, I kind of like Tuan. Like, I like how she thinks. And then she's like, oh, yeah, slavery. I love slavery. I fucking loathed her in this chapter. Yeah. And she's wearing, like, a dress with a bunch of propaganda written on it, which (laughs) Uh is super weird. I kind of like that, actually. (laughs) The Empress is Sean Chan. The Empress will live forever. The Empress must be obeyed. Yeah, okay, (laughs) okay, okay. okay, We get it. Yeah. Cool. Right? Uh, And uh, one of those is Elida, right? They show how Elida is in the process of being broken, and Elida... Being, of course, the shittiest ever, shows them how to do traveling. Yeah, thanks, Elida. Yeah. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. The Shanchen were going to find out about traveling. Right. But it, it, in a way, it's kind of fitting that it comes from Elida, right? Like, just, she's, she leads in with, oh, hey, uh, I would give you 20 sisters in my place if you, like, so, so like, clearly betrayal, right? Like, yeah. from, from from spot one. So, when she gets, teaches them traveling and becomes kind of the key to, like, undoing the world it kind of fits right yeah that's what Elida would do yep but when now that Fortuona has all of this information she decides to use it to lead a big old attack on the White Tower and finish the job yeah so double fuck Elida you know absolutely she's the worst uh, and I, this this sucks, but also now that Egwene is back and Naive is back, this is not going to go as easily as they think it is. I wonder. I mean, the Shanshan, if they can if they can move whole armies into the White Tower, that's still a big problem, right? I and mean, they have chandlers, you know. They it's true. Probably, but I'm a lot less impressed by the Shanshan. Like, remember the time Gawain defeated those three blood knives <laughs> who are true. supposed to be like their ultimate <laughs> assassins? <laughs> that's a very the, best, good point. the best of the best times three equals Gawain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that's they're going to like show up and all like slip on the floor or something and bonk their heads together. <laughs> whoop, whoop, Gloria, the Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> there will be little cartoon spirals over their heads and their eyes will be rolling. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, and that's how the Sean Chan lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, down, down with the Sean Chan. They suck. Yep. And then back to Perrin. Perrin is hanging out with Matt and Tom. Pretty cool. Old buddies. Matt tells Perrin about the uh, the Tower of Genji and all, and Perrin offers to go with him. What a bro. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? But by the way, Matt still hasn't opened his letter from Viren. Like, I cannot, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here, right? Yeah. Absolutely astonished. Yeah, it's been like two weeks. Yeah, two whole weeks, and he hasn't even, uh, apparently he's tried to peek at it. Perrin holds it up to the light, and Matt's like, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty yeah. funny. And we get another glimpse into one of Matt's previous lives when he was Villiam Bloodletter. That's pretty cool. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I also noticed that uh, if, if Matt is going as Master Crimson and Perrin is going as Master Golden. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You Great. farm boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's like, Matt came up with those names, right? <laughs> yeah. He probably has backstories for him, too. <laughs> uh, but then Perrin basically offers him a gateway, and that's kind of the end of the conversation. They're just catching up. It's yeah. good. Doing a thing... That hasn't happened in the last like five books where people just tell each other what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, it's good. Yeah, get on, get, get, catch everyone up, see what everyone's been up to. You know. Yep. They've come. They've been through a lot in the last month or so, right? Yeah. They both got married. Uh, well, Perrin's been married for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember he got married on a pile of Trollocs back in the book four. Right? No, oh. he consummated his relationship <laughs> on top of a pile of Trollocs. <laughs> <laughs> he did get married on them, Jeff. No, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, they did it right and proper. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so chapter 48, near Avendisora, icon of the Aiel. Avienda comes out of the Aiel uh, thingy. What do you call it? The Ruidian, the glass columns of Ruidian, whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next to the Avendisora tree, which is really cool. I like that tree. Yeah. yeah. I miss, I miss it, all that like magic tree, OG or green man stuff. Yeah, apparently it's completely healed from when it was damaged in that big fight, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty cool. That's yeah. a good I, tree. I was worried about that tree, you know? I, I'm glad <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yep. But Avienda's like disappointed. She's like, oh, well, it's kind of anticlimactic once you already know about all that shit, right? It was spoiled for her, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, she, she already ran, gave everybody the Wikipedia. <laughs> real history. She yeah, knows that she, what she got the twist ending. It was like, okay, well, you know. Finally. That's what all the hype was about, huh? But then she decides to use her talent to see if she can figure out what the glass pillars are actually meant for, which I I totally get that. If I were Avienda, I'd be doing this to every fucking Tarangriel I could put my hands on, right? Absolutely. Yes. Even this one that, like, what you always say about it is, like, people don't always come out of this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I want to know about everything. She's yeah. been hanging out with it. Elaine too much. That's what I think. <laughs> I think you're probably right. But it gives her immediately a new memory from a Melidra, uh, which is a really grim memory of, of this person who is an Aiel, but they're, they're like horrible scavengers with no honor. And, and she dies trying to steal some garbage from the Lightbringers. Yeah, I was, uh, this, was, this was initially like... Lightmakers. The Lightmakers. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I was wondering about this because the, the technology seems to be like Age of Legends technology with like... Clearly, they have some sort of like car or something like that, and some sort of like yeah. firearm kind and, of thing. And flying beasts and stuff. But but the uh, but the waste is there. So I was like, huh, when is this? You know? Yeah, yeah, it was really confusing, and it surprises the heck out of Avienda. Uh, but she decides to get more of it. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? And this time, she has a memory from Norlesh. Who is a, a poor mother in the waste whose people are dying out. Yeah, this this memory is even more bleak than the one before it, I would say. It's yeah. Awful. 
because uh, they're trapped in the waste and they can't leave and no one will trade with them. And they're making reference to the Raven Empress, so the Shanchen have taken over. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what is going on here? Because at this point, I still wasn't sure where they were in the timeline. It was like, yeah. is this ancient Shanchen? But no, that doesn't make sense, but right? My first thought was this was the Aiel before they met the dragon or became the children of the dragon. That's what that. I was wondering. If it was like this, like a, a cycle thing or, or before they... Before they became, before the Age of Legends, essentially, yeah. like even further back. But that would be weird because I thought the waste was created during the breaking of the world. It was, yeah. yeah. That's what was throwing me off. I, I cottoned on to it pretty fast. You did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it ends super happily with this woman's child dying. Yeah, yeah. like she's cool. like, she doesn't even know that it, she doesn't even sum yeah. up the, the will to be sad about it because yes. life sucks. Because it's extremely grim. And uh, Avienda is locked in now to this cavalcade of misery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have taken that first step in there, but you <laughs> yeah. know, here we are. Only way out is through, I guess. Yeah, then she gets a vision from a Tava, who is more recognizably Aiel, but she's uh, in the middle of the, the last hold of the last Aiel being destroyed by airborne raiders. Yeah, we're, this is clearly the Shanshan. They have Rockin' and they're wearing the insectoid armor. So at this yeah. point, it's like these are clearly recognizable as Shanshan. And... Avienda coming out of this realizes that these are the Shanshan, which means that this has this can't be the past because they didn't exist in the Age of Legends, right? Yeah, which this, is yeah. yeah, exactly. This is the future, which is so. This is this is going into the future and having memories coming back towards the present time. Yeah, yeah. which means that this essentially means that the Shanshan have hunted them into like crushed them into being like barely animals or whatever. Right? Yeah, I mean, we knew that. What was it? One tenth of them would survive, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. And this both. It this was is, hard to read. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is rough. This is brutal. It, uh, I was trying, like, at the end of this chapter, I was trying to decide, like, is it almost feels like a call to action, right? Like, this is what the Shanshan are going to do to the Aiel, which is interesting because where it goes next. You know? Yeah. Uh, chapter 49, Court of the Sun, Icon of the Aiel. So Avienda remembers once again a Ladalin at a council of Aiel where they realize that they're losing this generational war against the Shanshan. Yeah, these feel a lot more like the Aiel we we know, right? <laughs> yeah, because they've got different, they've got a variety of different like holds and uh, what do you call them? Tribes? What do you call clans? Clans. clans yeah. Uh, one of them, they get a report that the White Tower has fallen. Yeah, yeah. So, so Ladolin is one of the last descendants of the dragon, which is interesting because that means most likely this is Avienda's. Yeah. Last descendant, you know? Mm-hmm. And but they they say that the Rand has left or the dragon has left them. Yeah. And that Rand they, they mentioned that, that the dragon demanded peace and that it caused all this somehow. Or that the Aiel refused peace or something like that. It was it was unclear. That that yeah. he, asked, he he demanded peace, but the Aiel didn't do it or something. I don't know. Yeah. But but it, at this point they also say that all of the other nations have joined the Shanshan. Uh, and only that the only the Ashaman and the Aiel are still fighting, which is like that's that's pretty yeah, that's awful. Awful, yeah. Then we get to the next memory, which is an Onkala, who meets with the Queen of Andor, who's a descendant of Elaine. So they're like distant. They're cousins, basically, right? Maybe mm-hmm. what is it? <coughs> Second cousins? Or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what appears to be happening is that the, there's this uneasy peace between the Shanshan and the nations of the world, and this Onkala uses a trick. To bring Andor into the war on the Aiel side. Yeah, this is interesting to me because, well, first of all, let's on Kala, like, <coughs> she reads as kind of a jerk, right? Like, very, like, self, self-important, self-absorbed, and, yeah. and ambitious, I would say. And in this memory, she uses deception to, which is, like, pretty anti-Aiel, right? Yeah, that's not aiel Yeah. Uh, ultimately, on Kala seems very, like, 
conquest driven, which is interesting. Yeah, well, she grew up with this the, in this this struggle against the Shanshan, so all she knows is the battle. What she really reminds me of more than anything is Savannah, actually. Oh, wow. oh yeah, yeah that's the way that I... she talks and thinks. I was like, this sounds like Savannah. Yeah, that's how that's how I will be sometimes. Yeah, well, she does mention that Rand knelt to the Empress. And she thinks that ruined everything. Interesting, yeah. Oh, I don't want that to happen. No, I don't either. I would no, be very sir. upset. It's, I, well, we know that that's the Shanshan prophecy, right? Right. That yeah. He'll kneel to the you know crystal throne or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, you know that I, I hope it's gonna be like he's kneeling, but that's just because he's about to do an uppercut <laughs> right? and like punches it right in the jaw. Good job, Shoryuken. That I'd be all right with that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Then she gets another memory of Padra, who is a daughter of Avienda and Rand. And did you catch yeah. the thing about siblings? Oh, yeah, she has three of them because they're yeah. quadruplets. They're quadruplets, oh. which which goes back to Min's prophecy, right? Yeah, yeah. Except true. Min said she would have four, but two of them would like not be hers. Huh? Oh, yeah. Like Yeah. So Remember? Thought, at the time, I thought that was because they were like, because she was sister, magic sisters with Elaine, and it would be like Elaine's kids and her kids. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But no, there's four of these people. Maybe Elaine's... Maybe they call them quadruplets, but maybe Elaine sends her kids to the waste to yeah, be trained. I don't know. Maybe they do an exchange thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Well, we know that at least one of Elaine's well, maybe, kids is the queen, right? Like, or, or the... Yeah, yeah. Generation later, though, Yeah, right? yeah there are other Elaine kids, although maybe it's from a later batch. Right? Yeah. But I was thinking maybe they're like... Lose Theron Telemon's kids uh, through some kind of magic uh, hereditary I don't thing. Know. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Rand is both of them at the same time. Padra is uh, she holds the one power like all the time. So that, yeah, that's, she's these, kind of like an interesting. Yeah, these quadruplets like grew up with. It. It's very Dune actually, right? Like, yeah. Like the little girl. Yeah, Dune right. Grows up with the spice. Yeah. So they grew up channeling like from when they were babies. They never couldn't channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're descendants from the world's most powerful right. channeler, right? Which makes them like super wise prophets type thing. Everybody looks up to them. Also because they're Rand and Avienda's kids. Yeah. So she attends a meeting where it's it's just like 10 years or so after the, the last battle, like 12 years. Mm-hmm. And... The Aiel are getting restless because they haven't been able to fight anybody. And all the other nations are under the peace of the dragon. And they hate the Shanshan because the Shanshan keep their you know, channelers in slavery. Yeah. And so they decide to go to war with the Shanshan. You notice Ruark's kid was running around too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a... a well, they mentioned that there was a moment when the Aiel and the Shanshan almost had peace, which I thought was an interesting kind of comment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the state of the thing is, now is that the Aiel are not under the peace rule. Right. They were they were not sworn to peace the way that everyone else was, apparently. And what they mention, or what, what she thinks, is it's because... Rand didn't know what to do with the Aiel after the last battle. And so he just did nothing with them. He just left them kicking around. Yeah. He didn't, didn't incorporate them into the system they built. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, well, I, we don't know what's going to happen to Rand, but he may not be around, right? They say he left. What does That's that mean? Right, you yeah. know? I don't know. I assume he got a spaceship and went to outer space. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So you know what this reminded me of? <clears throat> the UN, right? And like North Korea. Oh, yeah. Where uh, the idea behind the UN is you let everybody in, even the people, even the nations that you hate. Because if you leave anybody out of the UN, eventually there's going to be a war. Like, inevitably. Yeah. Right? The, U, the purpose of the UN is to prevent another world war. Yeah. By giving everybody, like, even though, you know, there's still lots of little wars and lots of fighting and nobody likes each other. And it's not like, it doesn't solve very many problems. The one problem it solves is that it, there's no major world wars because everybody's in the UN. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so that that's this kind of deal. It's like he did that, except it's like if they made the UN, but they left out the Soviets or something. Like just eventually there's a war. Yeah. Because of that. 
I, uh, I was thinking about this, like at the end of this chapter, uh, Avienda essentially resolves to like fix this, right? Like yeah. she has to fix this. And it occurred to me, there is one sure way to make sure that her descendants don't cause the breaking of the Aiel. It's to make sure you don't have any descendants, right? <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. This the the rubber that could change the future, you know? Use a condom, <laughs> kids. <laughs> well, she's already pregnant, isn't she? Is she? Avienda? I thought she was. She'd only did it with him that once. Oh, that was a long time she ago. Got, she got quads out of that. No, you're right. That was a long time ago. Why did you think that? Yeah, because El- Elaine like immediately started being all pregnant. She had sex way later. Well, yeah, he's got that menethrin blood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blood, right. Menethrin blood. That's what it is. Yeah, so I think this is this is like right in line with what the Aiel are always thinking, right? Is that the, they need to bind Rand to the Aiel because he's not one of them. Yeah. And, and if he's not one of them, then he's not going to give a shit about them and they'll eventually be destroyed many generations later or whatever. Yeah, the question is, is this, is this definitely going to happen or is this something that, you know, is, is, is this a future that could be averted? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Super bleak. Oh, yeah. by the way. It was very grim. Yeah, it was, yeah, parts of it were like really hard to read. They were so sad. Um, but it, apparently when she leaves, the pillars have lost their magic. Yeah, they're just inert. Yeah, she broke them. So maybe that was like the, the, their ultimate purpose was to deliver this message and now it's done. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe, yeah. Have they ever told anybody the future before? Yeah, no, no. So there's, there's two. Okay. The wise ones go to the good Ruidian twice. The first time they go, they go through the rings and that tells you the future, your future. Mm, and the second that's time, right, that's right. it's yeah. the past. And mm. they say you never go back through the, the pillars. Yeah. Because if you do, you don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. But it might be that, you know, if you can't if you can't handle what you're seeing, you just die in there. Yeah. It might be that just everyone that's ever gone in there has seen this and, and couldn't handle it. Yeah, we do we do recall uh there was one person who went through the pillars uh with Rand, I think, right? Kuladin. Kuladin who gouged his eyes out and died there. Right, yeah. And but, that was just level one. That was like that was just like normal <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Well, that was from learning about the past because he couldn't handle the like shame of what the I.O. had come right. from or some bullshit. Right. Cool, a douche. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. This this was great. This was really fun to read. Yeah. I mean, it was harsh, but it was. Uh, they reminded me of Robert Jordan. You know? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was really well done because it was like like. As I was reading this, I was, I would say, like, kind of edge of my seat. Like, what is going on here? Like, my, this was very engaging. You yeah, know? and you put it together like, oh, my God, did the Shan Shan win? Like, this is terrible. Yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, that's like, I, Avienda doesn't even really care about the Shan Shan, but I care about the Shan Shan. I want her to make this not happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would like for, well, I mean, I guess what it, what probably is going to happen is maybe there's going to end up being, like, peace among the nations and it's gonna, they're going to let Ayo will be, like, first-class citizens and this won't happen. Yeah. The, I would like the Ayo to kill all the Shanjin. Yes. I mean, that, 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 when I said, like, this is a call to action, I was like, the first half of these chapters is like, you need to kill the Shanjin. But I think the message in the second half of those chapters is, if you go to war with the Shanjin, they will destroy you. Like, yeah. <laughs> generationally, they will wipe out the Ayo, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Yeah. Chapter 50, Choosing Enemies, Icon of the Rising Sun of Kyrian. Elaine arranges a public demonstration uh, up to, to deal with her leftover uh, the rebels. What do you call them? Opponents? Uh, usurpers? Rivals? rivals? Yeah. This, this, this whole thing feels needlessly complicated, right? Oh, yeah. But she is dealing with Kyrian, and so I don't know. Right. So her, her plan is, Elaine's plan is she's going to strip these people of their lands and titles and their whole houses 
which and, is and she oh and she has Andorran nobles sitting in a room nearby listening yeah and she has Kyrian nobles outside the hallway listening for yeah. this this whole thing it's like a weird like it's a weird power play thing right so yeah this I don't understand this part in particular because this seems guaranteed to make them all rebel against her right if she just sort of by fiat strips the titles away from these people who didn't actually commit any crimes right yeah. Yeah. Like it's been established that this whole succession thing, this is this is how it happens every time. This is official Andorran policy as everybody has a has a dumb little game of thrones. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh and and even she admits that, right? Like as she's doing she's like I need to move on to the next thing really quickly because because that's exactly what everyone in that Andorran uh, room is going to be thinking, right? Yeah, and she could just have these people executed and, and be fine, <laughs> right? It, she she says as much that it it would actually be less you know, dishonorable or, or, or it would be a worse, uh, a lesser punishment to have them executed than stripping their, their families of their titles, right? Right, yeah, this feels a little power mad to me. Well, I mean, the important thing is the next step, though, right? Because she gives them new lands, so it's, it's, it's sort of like taking it back. It's like, just kidding, you're, you're, not, you're not stripped of your titles, right? Yeah, that's true, and I guess they can, they can read it as all part of this game, but it's, all, it's also part of this deal she does with the Kyrianen where she, like, arranges a like a land swap with them? Yeah, it's Nobility Exchange pro- Program, right? Right. She, she makes the Kyrian and Nobility Andorran Nobility and the Andorran Nobility Kyrian and Nobility, and now they have... Yes, bonds, and, and they all like getting new lands. Yeah. And, and she and, moves the Andorran nobil- Nobles. She gives, at least one of them, she gives some more land in like Gaelden or something. Yeah, she talks about some different options. She also mentions these new lands to the west. Two rivers. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. New yeah. lands, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like yesterday, she's like, those were always our lands. And then today, she's like, oh, we've got all these, this new expanded territory. I know. Rebranding, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the whole deal is that uh, if you get some Kyrian and Lords ruling in Andor and some Andor and Lords ruling in Kyrian, then everybody will just accept it when she, she, Makes herself the ruler of both of them. Well, treated like one land. She, yeah, she even gets the the Kyrian and nobles to do it for her. She's like, "Hey, can you make this happen?" They're like, "Yeah, give us an hour," you know. Right. Yeah. So. And this, you know, this reminded me of hmm. the Habsburgs. Oh yeah. Right. Who just like married their way into every royal house, and so pretty soon every royal house in Europe was like a descendant of the Habsburgs, <laughs> uh, and that did not prevent wars. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I mean. So a- after this whole exchange, Dylan and Morghese and Elaine sit down and explain to Rikita, the layman in the room, what just happened, yeah. you know, for our, for our benefit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but essentially, like, it's interesting to me because the way that they explain it is Elaine creates these short-term allies by creating long-term, like, enemies, right? Like people who, are, who have a vested interest in, in bringing her down in about right. 10 years, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll help her... Uh, basically rise to this unprecedented level of power because once she's done that, then later on they can like maybe assassinate her and do it themselves. Because I mean, the cuts with Kyrian and do right, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's funny because Birgitta's like, so you're basically throwing yourself in the middle of a bunch of enemies, right? Which is exactly what Elaine does. Thing. Oh my god, that's her thing. <laughs> yeah, this is she she's literally like, just did a, did a Black Aja ambush but with like nations, right? Yeah, she's like this, this dumb bodyguard won't let me literally throw myself into a bunch of enemies and get stabbed again. So I'm going to find a way to do it politically. <laughs> Burkina is the hardest working warder in the entire fucking world, right? <laughs> it's true. She, she even says, you know, it's like, oh, uh, Burkina says something like, uh, what is it? 
You leave yourself surrounded by enemies, and and uh, Elaine says, as usual. Fortunately, I have you to watch over me, don't I? And Brigitte just cries to herself. <laughs> oh God! You know, Brigitte's life before this was literally a dream. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. A dream where she got to hang out with all of her legendary right. like bros and stuff, right? Yeah, uh, bros of legend. So yeah, that it actually it reminded me of kind of. Corruption in the United States where the party that's out of power will never campaign against corruption because they're always thinking like we're gonna do some of that corruption when we get back into power. Yep. That's the that's the, the currency that everyone loves, you know? Yeah. Currency of corruption. Chapter fifty one, a testing icon of the dragon. So Min's hanging out with Rand uh, as he goes and retrieves Kalinor. Uh, he's going to meet the, the, those Borderlander lords in Far Matting who've been waiting there for like three books. She has a viewing of Kalendor being gripped in a black hand. And I was wondering if that meant that like Mazarin Ting was going to get Kalendor. Oh, that could be it. Oh, that's an interesting interpretation. I, I was thinking like Rand was going to get a magic replacement hand. That's exactly what I was, uh, I was like. You know who's missing a hand is Rand. Uh-huh. And if he got a new hand, maybe it'd be made of onyx. I don't know. That maybe it's magic hand. Pretty sweet. <laughs> And uh, Rand, at this point, finally, finally, finally puts Cat Swain into a place. Oh, it was so satisfying. It was a really good way to do it, right? He's like, uh, first of all, he points out that he knows exactly what this thing that Cat Swain's always wearing is. Yeah. He's all, calls that, it a para- that spooks her. paralysis net or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And she points out that maybe you should call me Rand Sedai because I'm the last surviving male Sedai who was raised properly. Uh, yeah. About 450, you know? Yeah, like, I was older than you are, you know, when I died the first time back in the Age of Legends. Cat yeah. Swain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, that's a very interesting point that I did not understand at all. Like, remember, this is how I said I do things, right? Your your age and your power level is your is your rank. Yeah. So he outranks her. He outranks everyone alive, right? <laughs> yeah. Except the Forsaken, who are, you know, they don't count. Yeah. There's right. a... There's a minute here where he also talks about uh, the Black Tower, finally. He sends Nayef to... Nayef, yeah. That's the mirror draw guy. Although, get, he's been unfortunately cured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can't see the mirror draw anymore. Now they're going to get him. <laughs> yeah, okay. If he gets killed by a mirror draw that was hanging out some shadows and he didn't notice, oh, I'm yeah. pissed off at 98. <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, like... Um, they also mentioned that not even Rand can teleport into the Black Tower yeah. right now. So something's going on there. Yeah, so hopefully they'll figure something. He tells Knife to go scat it out, figure out what's going on, and help if he can. Yeah, know? find the game. Yeah. And, oh, good, he's doing something. And he refers, and he's referring to, um, uh, the blah, blah, blah. He's talking, Rand is talking about some sort of like, oh, back in the Age of Legends, blah, blah, blah. And then he refers to Gilgum, which oh, I thought yeah. was fun. Yeah, because he's talking about the history of farm adding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So pulling yeah. in those other... That's cool, yeah. The, yeah. the, the Sumerian... Or what else? Mesopotamian. Mesopotamian, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is... That's very interesting because Mesopotamian is like the earliest history that we have. And this and he says these are like... These people were super old and like super conservative way back in the Age of Legends. Yeah. Yeah. He, he mentions the Enclave of Incastar who uh, were afraid of progress and afraid of wonder, you know? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and yeah, they, were, they were right about they that. They were probably right about that last <laughs> part there, yeah. I wish I had listened to him. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of... I, I love these little these little snapshots or these little hints at the Age of Legends. It know? was very cool. Well, mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah, so they go to farm adding, and, uh, and when they get there to meet with the Borderlander Lords, uh, Cadswain gives some useful information. 
Yeah. Which is the first intentionally useful thing that Cad Swain has done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great, actually. Sure. Him, like, Bashir could have done this also, but. Yeah, well, yeah, right. I know. He, Bashir would have known all of this stuff, that's true. Yeah. Because she basically just gives him, like, cliff's notes on who all of the different rulers are and, like, what their sure. personalities are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is great. And then he meets with them and they all take turns slapping him in the face. This made me mad. Yeah, so it opens with Queen Ethaniel of Candor, straight up decking Rand. And, you know, that's a, a low bar to start with negotiations, right? Yeah. And uh, he takes it in stride, and then the Shinaran king does it. And I was like, what the fuck? And then they all they all get a free hit on the Dragon Reborn, you know, just to open the conversation. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and I liked how he's like, that better have been some, like, stand, some like traditional way of, of starting conversation in the Borderlands. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> kind of like joking, diffusing, I guess. I don't know. You know, he's trying to, mm-hmm. try, trying to calm things down. Yeah. And then King Piter of Arafel asks him, like, a, a weird question about something that happened in the Age of Legends. He's like, what is yeah, going on here? what happened to so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And, and Rand is like, oh, well, she died accidentally uh, when Demandred attacked me. So now it's your time to answer some questions. Yeah. But, uh, but, it looked, but they, were, uh, they had their hands on their swords. They were about to, like, go at it with them. Yeah, they, they would, got the question wrong. Yeah, Piter was prepared to... To kill him on the spot, like if yeah. he answered this question wrong, yeah. And I don't know if that would have worked, but maybe. I mean, the the Aiel were right there, but he was pretty close, you know. So it is a really good thing that Rand left them cooling their heels for a while, because if this if this had happened, you know, a week ago, this oh. would they would have been in trouble. Yeah, yeah, there would just be a big pit now, smoking pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he says uh, he's like you you don't realize how crazy this is. If you had done this like a week ago, I would have bail fired all of you, and they're like, well. We're right by farmatting. You can't use you can't you you know that wouldn't work. He's like, I can't use the one power here, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And they're like, what? Yeah, the true power is like you know he would have wiped him right out, right? Yep. But it turns out that they had a prophecy that they've been handing down through the generations to have the royal house. And it's a good thing they didn't get deposed. Hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, convenient. That uh, basically, if Rand doesn't have his his stuff together, then it's time to kill him. Right, and so he has to. The, this prophecy, this is a very like pattern weaving thing, right? That the, the pattern has given this prophecy to the royal house, so they can test him to make sure that he's you know integrated with Luz Theron, and you know, and not like a crazy person. Yeah, like basically making sure that he's he's been distilled down to the right the right level of not crazy at that point, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Rand again points out, well, you know, if you've been wrong, you would either have been killed. Or killed me, and then we'd all be fucked, you know? Right, yeah. And, but I think that if they were wrong, then he would be, like, on the dark side, mm-hmm. right? So he'd need to die. That's and that would probably be like, true. Because if Rand goes evil, they could break the pattern and end the wheel of time. Mm-hmm. So him dying and them just losing the last battle and everybody getting eaten by Trollocs is, like, the best outcome <laughs> that Rand is evil. Good point. That's a very good point. But he definitely ends it all on a mic drop situation, right? He's like, swear fealty to me, or I won't take you to the last battle with me. Also, tomorrow I'm going to meet with all of the other monarchs, and then I'm going to free the Dark One. So decide quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bye I'll give you an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty baller. I think that Rand is, you know, he, he's Rand off the light now. You know, he's, he's a good guy. He's got a very even kill, but uh, being slapped four times uh, when you first meet somebody would, you know, put everybody in a bad mood. That was yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it was re- real weird. It, it, but I, I guess the whole purpose of that was to to test his patience, I guess, right? 
Yeah. That's right? kind of what that, that was my interpretation, I guess. That's, I mean, somebody, four people slap me. I, I feel like I'm a fairly patient person, you know. I would get mad at, like, after the second slap, basically. Mm-hmm. They dipped him hard. They did. But they don't even realize. It reminded me of a video I saw today of a woman who's holding a little octopus. She doesn't realize that it's, like, the most deadly octopus in the world or something oh, like that. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, like, they didn't even know what they were yeah, fucking they with. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, and when he's like, well, I can't use the one power, like, even Cat Swain doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. They don't know. So, this is kind of interesting, because we, we've seen... It's been said over and over again that if Rand goes evil, then... Every... Well, right, yeah, yeah. The whole Wheel of Time ends and, and everything's really bad. And I guess the book series never gets finished. Right. <laughs> right. But it's interesting that the pattern... Prob- whatever the pattern's plan is, it realizes this. So there's like this stopgap, right, in the pattern where if, he, if he, Rand doesn't like execute the right choices, then he will be led to this place in formatting where he can't channel... And get killed, right? So there's like a an outlet, a failsafe. Yeah, yeah. Very prudent. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of great. Right. Anything else? No, that was, that was those those were good chapters. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the uh, I really enjoyed the stuff with Avienda. I was wondering what that what was what where that was going because we kept cutting to Avienda and she's like going to Rudy and I was like, all right, cool, whatever, you know. Yeah. But that was those were really good. Uh, that was a really good set of chapters right there. I think. Yeah. All right, so we had a fun question from Nick who wanted to know, if you could channel the one power and had a special talent, which talent would you choose and why? It can be a talent mentioned in the books or something of your own creation. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like Elaine's talent is pretty great, right? Being able to make her on is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. But I don't know, like be, having Avienda's talent is pretty cool too because then you can actually like figure out what to do with all these existing Toronto Grail and Elaine can't make some of those yeah. things right almost all the talents are good like the dreaming one is pretty good mm-hmm. that's pretty fun yeah but I, I would probably go with foretelling yeah because it's just so cool like it's so it's so dramatic yeah and you, I guess you don't always you don't yeah you don't know when it's going to happen it's going to happen right yeah hmm. it's always like it's always interesting you know you just like you know, you're always hanging out with the person who's doing the foretelling and all of a sudden the foretelling comes out and everybody's paying attention. So, I I, wait, are we talking about just talents like uh, one power talents or... or it, it can be something from the books or it can be something of your own creation. Well, I was thinking in terms of like non-power talents like Perrin's wolf stuff or Matt's luck or... Uh, what's another example? Uh, Min's, forte- Min's fortune visions. Like those are not... You know the one power, but yeah, I think I definitely would not take the Huron talent. <laughs> Smelling evil—that one's awful. Yeah, that, 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 that would probably suck a lot, especially now, right? Like, there's a lot of evil everywhere, right? It's true in yeah. the modern world. A lot of yeah. crime. Yeah, it's like, oh man, everything stinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot Huron came up in this chapters. Oh yeah, yeah. Rand was like, "Find me Huron," because I want like to apologize. To him. <laughs> like, yeah. That's good. Yeah, good That's job, good. Rand. I felt bad when he was mean to Huron. <laughs> Hmm, let's see. Okay, so let's see. If, if there was a talent that that you could do that isn't necessarily in the books, I'm trying to think of what that would be, you know? What would be another talent? Turn anything into a jalapeno popper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, turn anything into food in general, right? Like, yeah, that'd I'd, be super helpful. That'd be pretty great. No, but only jalapeno poppers. <laughs> I don't like jalapeno right. poppers. <laughs> what would you turn well, into a jalapeno poppers? Well, what wouldn't I turn into jalapeno poppers? <laughs> Literally everything. Yeah, kids having a temper tantrum. I really wish you were a jalapeno popper. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that one actually. Mm. Do you like jalapeno poppers? No, I do not, but I would still, I like that talent, you know. Yeah. Capital P, popping. Popping. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. What I, about I, you? I would do foretelling. Foretelling? I think that's really cool. I like, I like to know the future. I feel like I've read, a, I've read a number of things though, and foretelling never works out well for the person who is doing the foretelling. There's a bit of like a Cassandra thing, right? Yeah. Where, where everyone who foretells like ends up, they don't, number one, they usually don't get to take advantage oh, okay. of the foretelling. Okay. The men power. Yeah, Min's power is pretty min, cool. Min foretelling. Yeah, that, mm. I think that's better. I'd be so frustrated by that, though. It's mm. not always super clear. No, but you can use yeah. it to your advantage. You don't have to tell them, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I think, I'd, I think I would like uh, parents' talent, honestly. Like the wolf wolf stuff, being able to like see better, hear better, smell better, which, you know, almost like kind of like, uh, was it em- like an empath almost? Yeah, eat raw meat. Eat raw meat all the time. Sounds great. <laughs> And uh, also, you get the wolf dream. Like, access to the wolf dream, that'd be so baller. Yeah, right? that's pretty nice. Actually, yeah, dreaming. You would never take dreaming. You would just take wolf powers because you get dreaming, like, as part of the package. Exactly right. Yeah. It's an add-on. It seems way better, too, to do, like, wolf power dreaming. Because remember when he was, like, whatever, Balefire, like, you know, that's no big true, deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wolves don't care about Balefire. Yeah. <laughs> also, you get to talk to wolves, which I think would be pretty sweet, too. I mean, not that there's a lot of wolves around, you know. I bet real wolves are pretty dull conversationalists i mean if the wolf powers if, yeah i mean you're probably right yeah. I, I bet what they mostly transmit to each other is the smell of each other's butts <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe if you uh if you have that wolf power then you gain like a new level of like appreciation from butt smells you know <laughs> good point yeah there are silver linings <laughs> all right that's, yeah, good. that's good thank you good question yeah so that's it for this episode next time we're going to cover chapters 52 through 55 of towers of midnight uh, I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially iTunes. Please find out how you can give us your hard-earned dollars in exchange for... Uh, Merchandise? In, Shirts? In exchange Pants, for fine hats. apparel. Mouse pads, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, all the stuff. All the <laughs> stuff. Uh, at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.